The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Apatra, joined by my good buddy, Harris Kermani. And you know what that means. It's Sunday, June 6th. We're going to give you guys some winning plays. Two games on the card, some wonderful playoffs. we got my Mavericks playing today. We have the new start of a new series with the Hawks and the Sixers. we got a lot of good stuff to go on. But Harris, my good friend, how are you? I can't complain. So bad. Uh, Sunday where it's not a one-game slate where we get to enjoy at least one game seven out of it is always a good day for hoops. So excited to be able to look forward to that. But otherwise, these playoffs have just been it's been pretty fun all the way through. The Denver-Portland series is probably my favorite, and this is now where I'm hoping the Mavs can pull it through, but let's see what happens. Well, I'm glad you're on my side, man. You picked the right side. You picked the, you picked the lights, the, the good side, not the bad side. So, uh, I would, yeah, of course, I would love to see my Mavericks win this and just close it out tonight. I'm going to be watching it. I'm really excited. And uh, you, you, you couldn't have said it any better. This has been a fantastic, fantastic postseason thus far. You know, yes, we don't have LeBron in it anymore. We're not watching Curry, but this is wide open basketball, man. And, you know, I never like to see injuries, uh, but this, this injury to James Harden, this hamstring mm. injury, this could even some playing field. This this could give us better basketball for this because I you know me personally I thought the Nets would just run away with it once the Lakers were out of it, but this could change some things, man. So I'm excited to see what comes about it. I'm excited to see these games tonight, and what I'm really excited about. And big kudos, you know, I'm gonna take a quick second before we jump into anything. Uh, <clears throat> I put a little Twitter message out, and I probably I, I'm sure most of our followers and everybody saw it, uh, but not everybody follows me on Twitter. I can't I can't be uh, have an ego the size of uh, a mango and think that uh, some people get their information from our show as well. Uh, but you probably might have heard me uh, not be on a couple podcasts recently. And that's simply because I am losing my mind behind the scenes over here. I'm planning a large, large scale move where I'm moving me and my, uh, me and my significant other are moving everything that we own down to Texas, 3000 miles away. Uh, so I'm going to be pretty busy over the next few weeks where they're going to see me probably taking a couple shows off and I might not be getting to your Twitter questions and stuff like that very quickly. And I do apologize, but I just wanted to be absolutely transparent with everybody. I'm not ignoring you. Uh, I'm just going crazy uh, trying to figure all this stuff out back here. And big shout out to a few of our listeners and Twitter followers out there giving me recommendations. I could not ask for anything more, Harris. I mean, I'm, I'm getting food spot recommendations when I go down there. I'm talking 30 spots. I'm talking uh, nice little scenic routes, uh, hiking trail, every you name it. And if you're one of those people that knows anything about Texas, I'm, I know absolutely nothing. Hit me with it. I need it all. Give me all the information. Good, <laughs> bad, everything. Because uh, I have no idea what I'm getting into. And I'm leaving in about a month. So uh, find me on Twitter. Hit me up. Let me know what you guys think. Anything that might be able to be useful information, I will take. But that's enough of me, Harris. That's enough of me. Uh, we're going to talk about someone a little bit better than me right now. And it's our sponsor. It's my bookie, guys. Head over there. MyBookie.ag. Absolutely fantastic bookie site, the only bookie site I use, the only one I give my stamp of approval for. I mean, you guys head over there, use that promo code HOOPBALL. They'll match your deposit 50% up to $1,000. That's free money to play with. What do you want to do in the NBA action, some MLB? Head over there, fully-fledged casino platform. However you want to do it, you can do it with my bookie with that promo code HOOPBALL over at mybookie.ag. And guys, you heard us talk about Manscaped. 
check them out, guys. The products are fantastic. You probably see our cohort, David, Devin Ellington, over there on the hoopball gaming side. Uh, just shaving an absolutely phenomenal handlebar mustache, like one that Hulk Hogan himself would have been proud of. Uh, I, I couldn't grow that if I tried, but I knew if I did, I'd have the tools for it regardless. I mean, they give you everything you need in that perfect package kit from the lawnmower 4.0 uh, to the ear, hair, nose trimmer. You get the body wash. You get everything, conditioner, toner, travel kit, T-shirt, boxers. They give you everything. It's the perfect travel kit. That's what I use it for. So, guys, head over to Manscaped. Use that promo code HOOPBALL20. Get 20% off your first purchase and free shipping. So, guys, HOOPBALL20 over at Manscaped. All right, my good friend, we'll start it off. We have the Atlanta Hawks traveling to Philly, taking on the Sixers. Sixers favored by four in this one, 220 and a half game total. As far as the injury report for the Hawks, Chris Dunn, Brandon Goodwin, Cam Reddish all rolled out. DeAndre Hunter is questionable, dealing with that right knee soreness. He was dealing uh, with that before game five, ended up playing 34 minutes through it. And for the Sixers, Embiid, questionable, uh, dealing with that meniscus tear. It's going to be a tough road for Embiid. Um, he's a gamer. He's been slightly going through practices. Uh, you know, are these full contact? Probably not. But uh, they're seeing exactly what this guy can do, what he can handle. Because there's no secret. This team needs Embiid out there. But I'll pass it over to you. We'll start off with this Hawks team. Harris, let me know what you think. Yeah, absolutely. And look, as far as both the Atlanta Hawks and Philadelphia 76ers are concerned, you get a nice little rest after a pretty dominating five-game series for them. But kind of the downside of what's happened with how well the Hawks have played is that most of their prices have gone up, especially for someone like Trey Young, who, you know, at 9,200 now, was pretty, pretty consistent throughout. Didn't have a single game under 41 it would DK points throughout, 56, 41, 44. It's just been one of those where if you're looking for a guy who's got a rock-solid floor, has always got the upside, it's always the guy to be able to go ahead and get itself started with. At 9,200, he's probably pretty fairly priced. And for Philadelphia, who, as we all know, incredibly suffocating defense, you're always going to have to deal with you know, Ben Simmons on the perimeter. You've got a number of guys to help out there. So, you know, Trey Young might be a spot where it's a little bit difficult to be able to see him hit that uh, value for his 9,200. Has had two games against the Philadelphia 76ers, about 42 DK points in that time. Did shoot pretty well, but it kind of just comes down to how well the rest of the guys can be around him to help boost up those assist totals because he hasn't had really high dime games up against the Philadelphia 76ers themselves. So that kind of has me looking a little over to the side over here where, you know, John Collins is one guy that hasn't really had that opportunity yet to be able to really shine in the playoffs as of yet, sitting at about 12 points a game. And frankly, he's better than that. And he's the kind of guy who needs to get his offense going if the uh, Hawks are looking to make any sort of a deep run. His price has kind of been depressed throughout the series, started at about 6,500, 6,400, and dropped all the way down to 59, where, you know, to me, that's a pretty good spot to be able to see him potentially get himself going offensively, get his value back in check, and also in a game where you spoke about Embiid being out most likely, or, you know, more than that, restricted. I don't see him playing a full allotment of minutes, which means he's going to get a lot more opportunities to go up against you know, Dwight Howard, they like starting Ben Simmons at center now as they have in the last games. It's been kind of a weird little rotation for them. But, you know, just out of all these guys who are pretty fairly priced out there, and as you said, DeAndre Hunter is pretty questionable. Otherwise, I'd like him for 44. I actually really like John Collins tonight. I can't argue with the price tag with John Collins. Um, it, it, we, like you said, you touched on it. He's definitely better than this. We definitely know that he's better than this. We've seen bigger games from him. 
He's almost just been taking a passive approach to a lot of different things in this series, um, or not the series, in this playoffs. Mm. And you can't really, you know, can't really fault him when Trey Young's been balling out the way that he has and his team has been playing the way that they have. Uh, as far as Trey Young, 9,200, I don't love it. I don't hate it. Uh, you know, he's contrarian to me. He's kind of like that GPP pivot if I wanted to look anywhere. I like the price tag, but he's also, you know, he's less expensive than Kawhi, $200 more than Paul George. We'll get to some of the other guys that are a little cheaper than him as well. So, I don't see myself falling on him all that much, but I will be a little contrarian with him in a lineup or two. I won't be playing any Clint Capella, and um, I have a feeling that's going to bite me, especially if, if uh, Embiid's limited. There's just a couple centers on this slate that I do want to play, and I just don't see myself having the 7,700 for Capella when there's a couple of these six-year guys on the other side of the ball that are just a little bit more than AK. Uh, yes, different positions, but I can make it work. I got guys I like at every position, so I just don't see myself going to the two top dogs. If I looked anywhere... It would probably be Hunter at 4,400. Uh, again, he's questionable. I expect him to play. He was questionable going into game five, and he still played 34 minutes. They need him. They're going to need his, uh, his his size and his length on defense. He's probably going to be the guy that's tasked with chasing Ben Simmons around all day. Uh, you know, minutes equal money. That's it. 30-plus minutes. He like, gave, put up a dud on uh, that end-of-May game against New York where he got 8.5 DK points. Pretty sure I recommended him that night, and that went well for me. <laughs> Uh, but the two previous games, we're looking at both games, 32-plus minutes, at least 22 DK points, and then in that last game, another 24 DK points. So at 4,400, you're getting about 5X from that, and I don't hate it. That's probably it. And then, you know, a stab at Gallinari. I can see Gallinari being extremely useful uh, in this series. I expect him to probably play closer to 24 to 26 minutes in this series. And at 4,100, I think he makes for a rock-solid value play. But that's pretty much what I'm looking at over here on this Hawks. There are just some ancillary pieces. And that will kind of gauge you and uh, guide you, I guess. Probably in the direction of which I'm where I'm going to go with my lineup. But uh, on the Philly side of the ball, I definitely have a little bit more interest over here. Embiid coming in at 9-4. I don't think we're playing him regardless. He would be contrarian. If he does play, you touched on it. If he plays, I can't expect him to see a full workload. Uh, there's just no way. And with him limited or potentially ruled out, if he's ruled out, we know where to go. It's Ben Simmons. It's Tobias Harris. It's Seth Curry. You can get some stabs at Dwight Howard. Like you said, he might not start. I expect him most likely to start in this one against uh, the Hawks. It's a little bit different of a scenario. I don't think they'll get away with Ben Simmons playing point guard or uh, point center with Clint Capella <laughs> on the other side of the ball. They were doing that against the Wizards, who have like Daniel Gafford, Robin Lopez, a bunch of guys who are not good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Gafford is actually pretty solid, but nothing to scare people away where they can actually control the tempo and play Ben Simmons at point center. <laughs> So I'll be looking at those three, four guys again. And if Embiid happens to be ruled out, I think that opens up some value uh, off the bench for a guy like Maxi and Thibault. Both those guys would probably see a few extra minutes. But for the most part, I love Ben Simmons. I'm going to be playing a boatload of Ben Simmons in this matchup. Uh, I like me some Tobias Harris. I just don't love that $8,500 price tag because now we're starting to creep towards Paul George territory. And I love me some Seth Curry and Dwight Howard as well. So a lot of guys to like on this side of the ball. I'm going to be loading up and then we'll get to that next game. Uh, and you'll see the side I'm loading up on there as well. But who are you looking at over here for Philly? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head as far as uh, the Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris combination is concerned. Obviously, Tobias, who's just been absolutely balling out, is now getting to what would probably be fair value for him. So even though he probably will you know, get close to hitting value on this, has been about between 45 to 47 for the vast majority of the games in the first round. And especially if Embiid's out, he's going to be getting that 17 to 20 shot buffet. So yeah, it's still a, a nice spot to be able to get him. But as you said, those ancillary pieces, Dwight Howard is one I'm looking at. Tyrese Maxey is another one that I've found that I already have in a number of lineups just because I expect him to play a good amount of minutes. His, 
his minute total in general has been rising up as the series has gone on. And, and as much as Philly has their starters that have been absolutely on fire, kind of that bench unit still has a couple of question marks for it. However, Maxi kind of becomes the one guy that uh, you can see Doc Rivers starting to trust a lot more. He's getting more shots. He likes him as that backup point guard option. So at 3,900, I see him as a good spot to take a stab. Yeah, Doc Rivers was uh, a believer in Maxi early on in the season when uh, I think it was early, really early on in the season. He fell in the draft basically because people were concerned about his shooting. And Doc Rivers came out and said early in the year, like, I don't know what people saw. This kid can shoot. Uh, this kid is good. He should not have fell that far in the draft. So. I like me some Maxi. I like him going forward. I think he's actually going to be a very serviceable role player in the NBA. Definitely could see him as a nice sixth man type of guy. But we'll move on to the next game. Dallas Mavericks traveling to L.A. Taking on the Clippers. For the Mavs, Lucas probable. Maxi's probable. J.J. Reddick's out for the Clippers. Serge Ibaka is doubtful. 215 game total. Clippers favored by five and a half. They must not know who Luka Doncic is in Vegas, but... <laughs> <laughs> we'll pass it over to you, man. Why don't you start with these? Uh, start with the Mavericks. Yeah. Well, first off, we'll have to see if history can truly be made. Every single road team winning so far in this series. So, hey, we're really going to be hoping that Luca can be the one to make sure that trend goes all the way for the seven. And of course, I mean, there's not much to say as far as Luka Doncic himself is concerned. Eleven-one, but you know what he's going to drop every single game. Dallas just absolutely requires him to do everything on the floor. If in many ways you're seeing that they're almost adverse to doing any sort of offense on their own if it's not initiated by Luca. Even in the two games that he has been, as you say, hampered by his injury, his cervical strain, still had 77 and 64 DK points in both of those. So it's just one of those where it kind of depends on if you believe in enough of the value picks otherwise to kind of go around him. You know Luca is likely going to give you value for his price, regardless of what it is. But it really all comes down to what you think uh, you know, those mid- mid-tier guys are going to do. So if it's those, the John Collins of the world, the DeAndre Hunters, all those guys, Seth Curry, if they're going to be able to do well for them, then perhaps you do want to start off your lineup with Luka Doncic and get it all going. Because as far as the rest of the pieces are concerned, they've kind of been hot and cold. You know, both Finney Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., both of those guys who've been you know, important for the Mavericks rotation. And of course, their minutes total is always going to be sky high. But in Tim Hardaway's world, I mean, he's had two good games now as far as uh, DK points are concerned. His shooting itself has kind of been hot and cold as well. So if he can have another good shooting night, which they'll need, he'll probably be able to get that 6,400 value. But again, it's a bit of a, a bit of a dart throw as far as that's concerned. The other solid play that's there for the Dallas Mavericks is always Finney Smith. At 5,000, he's always there and thereabouts. He's at 29 DK points in the last two games there. There's always going to be that main kind of wing defender for them will play all the minutes that he can possibly get. And if he can hit anywhere between two to three threes, which he has been for the last couple of games, the rebounds and the uh, stocks usually get him up to value. So those are three spots I'm looking at. And the other one, which I've been calling for for a while, for Rick Carlisle to play a more minutes stardom, was Boban Marjanovic, who finally got his opportunity in the last two games now to really be starting. But I feel like they'll be looking to play him a couple more minutes this last game. I mean, he was called out. A couple of times in this last game over there where Dallas kind of gave it away in the fourth, Marjanovic was nowhere to be seen. He was the best plus-minus in the beginning for them. And at 3,700, a guy who's always been a permanent monster, about 1.3 DK points a minute in the regular season, does about the same in the playoffs. If he can find himself to 20 minutes, he's going to absolutely smash that 3,700. And I think I'll have him in a number of lineups today. 
Yeah, listen, you can't. You don't have to do much to talk me on to Bobby, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm the, I, I like to be the biggest Bobon stand that there is. The fact that we have Bobon in a playable scenario and on the same day that we have Tobias Harris in a playable scenario and Luka Doncic <laughs> in a playable scenario, I feel like there's just a friendship stack that's involved there. Uh, you just get all three of these guys involved. Uh, they're hilarious on Twitter. If you guys don't know anything that's going on behind the scenes, to, uh, Tobias Harris and Boban are best friends. Like, literal best friends. It's absolutely comical and hilarious. These guys have a great relationship. And uh, Tobias Harris gets jealous anytime Boban takes any photos with Luca or calls each other friends. And he'll start tweeting about it on Twitter, saying how messed up it is. Uh, so I just love them. I love those guys. I love that relationship. Uh, but I'm with you, Boban, 3,700. Hopefully he draws that start again, like you said. This has been a chess match uh, of a series. There's been so many adjustments. Both these coaches uh, have been having to make these adjustments. So this was one that Dallas made, and it did start their game off well for them. They needed extra size. They were running more of a zone uh, in the in the last one. So if they decide that they want to go with that zone again, uh, you know, keep that length down low with Boban and Kristaps and try to just take away uh, a little bit of the, you know, the stuff that's going on around the basket. And it was successful. You know, the real struggle struggle that the Mavericks face is when they had to take Luka out to give him a breather and, you know, didn't play Bobo too much in the fourth. But it was really that Luka breather that caused them that game. And there's nothing you can do about that. Obviously, when you look at Luka, he's probably not the most athletic NBA player. And if this dude gets into shape, which I'm sure it's going to happen over the next few years, he's going to come back ripped like Giannis one year or something like that. That's the only thing that's holding Luka back right now. It's, you know, a little bit of the free throw shooting and... uh a little cardio, a little cardio. This guy could was able to play 44. We'd be all set. Uh, but, you know, that's probably it, man. I like, I love Luca. I just don't see myself going to him too, too much. Like you said, he's contrarian. I'll probably have a couple stacks on him. I'm expecting to be underweight, but I'm still going to have ownership on him. You know, if he's 40% owned on the slate, I'll probably be around 20 to 25. I'll have some shares. I'm just not going to go overboard. Outside of that, it's really just Boban for me. Uh, all these other ancillary pieces, you need them just to be white hot. You need Hardaway Jr. to be shooting phenomenally from three-point land we saw that in the first three games in the series he's kind of been struggling over the last two Finney Smith very similar story he's gonna get all the minutes just not a high point per minute guy wouldn't mind him at 5k but that 5k price tag is a hard place to land when you still have guys like Seth Curry so yeah. he'd probably be a little bit more contrarian for me as well but on the Clippers side of the ball man this is where my action is going to be and I hate saying that as a Mavs fan but there you go <laughs> you got it I uh I'm never a homer when it comes to DFS I don't I don't do that uh, or fantasy in general I try my best but Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, absolutely love both these guys. I, I'm going to be looking to have one of these two guys in every single lineup. I'm just trying to mix and match and try to find the best combination. Going back to the well with Marcus Morris Sr. doesn't bother me one bit either. Shot 1-10 to 10 in that last one. Terrible shooting night, but back-to-back games of 42 minutes. This dude's going to have to play every single minute that he could. That's what we're looking for in elimination games. The guys who are not coming off the floor, uh, give me some of that. I will definitely take some Morris. And then looking at some of these answer options, I probably won't go to any of the guards between, you know, Rondo, Reggie Jackson, Jackson coming off of a monster game. I just don't feel like chasing that. Anytime I chase Reggie Jackson, just doesn't end very well to me. And I think you could take a stab at Nick Batum. I prefer Marcus Morris. But if Batum's going to be playing mid-30 minutes, he is definitely in play. I had a few big defensive plays in that last game, too. Uh, and we also got to learn a little bit about Nick Batum because of the broadcast. So shout out to the broadcast. I've talked about that. Uh, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look up Nick to him backstory and you will stuff that you learn about some NBA players that you might not might not have ever known but I'll pass it over to you Clippers who are you looking at yeah and 
look, the two-headed monster is always going to be where it starts and ends with regards to the Clippers. I mean, Kawhi has been absolutely otherworldly. And as much as it hurts me as a Raptors fan to see him doing this elsewhere, that 45-point performance in the last one was absolutely just exactly what you get from Kawhi in any sort of kind of win-or-go-home scenario. So it was absolutely awesome to watch, and I totally expect him to go ahead and pull that up again. That being said, as far as the guards are concerned, I'm a little less concerned about going with Reggie Jackson today just because, for whatever reason, I don't know how they're getting a set. Maybe it's because Rondo looked at Kawhi the wrong way after he took that air ball three in the previous game, but he just hasn't been playing the kind of minutes you would have expected. I mean, he was obviously a huge piece for what the Lakers did the year prior. Playoff Rondo has always been a thing, but his minutes total just keeps dropping. His shot volume has always been kind of off and on, but Reggie Jackson has clearly found himself in... You know, a good place with Ty Lue, really trusting him. He's got that minutes total up into the 30s pretty much every single game. Only one was at 29, and the other one was like first game of the series. But beyond that, despite his price tag rising consistently, he's always hitting that 26, 27 floor. And then, as you said, he had that opportunity to go ahead and just go off last game with 25, 9, and 4 to get him 44 DK points. So, you know, it's one of those where we talked about Seth Curry as your Philly guy in the other one. That's probably going to be where I lean more of. But Reggie Jackson is probably going to be a spot that I get at least a couple of shares in just because I've liked how involved he's been with the offense. After the Kawhi Paul George situation, you're finding that Reggie is becoming more of that third option for them. They like him shooting. His three-point shooting has been better, which has kind of been plaguing him throughout his career. So if he can keep doing that and at the shot volume he is, he'll likely crush that value. But as far as uh, Kawhi and Paul George go, that's 100% where I'm starting and finishing with these guys. Probably going to have them, as you said, in... 60 to 70 percent of my lineups from what I've seen early on in the day. Yeah, it's just gonna be hard to ignore both these guys. When you talk about the usage, you're talking about the minutes, you're talking about the volume, you're talking about the situation, game seven, everything else that comes with it. It's just hard. Like you have to get a little bit more amped up for uh, spend up on these guys with this usage total in a game seven as opposed to a game one. Uh, and when you look at the matchup in that game one, Philly Atlanta, it's a tough matchup for a lot of those Atlanta guys that we're spending up on. And we can manage to get the Philly guys and these Clipper guys. So that's kind of been the method of the madness on my game script. Just at the at the start, still pretty early. We're going to mess around with it a little bit. But we got some player tier action, my friend. We're going to break down our three favorite players uh, from each tier. Expensive, middle, value. I'll let you start. I'm a gentleman. Give me your expensive <laughs> player. Yeah. And just as we spoke about a guy who always is going off in winner go home scenarios has been the absolute cog that runs this Clippers team has kept them alive. Kawhi Leonard is absolutely going to be my favorite top pick today at 9,900. He's still in my mind priced less than he otherwise should be given what he's been doing. The ultimate inconsistency hasn't hit a single game except for the one blowout in which he was below 55. So for a guy that's still sitting sub 10 K, he's just an absolute shoe in for me. Oh, Sorry. Got a little technical difficulty. I don't think I can argue that Kawhi Leonard play. Uh, I will have some shares of him, too. I'll go a different direction. I'll go a little cheaper because I was going to go just Paul George and just make mm. my life easy. Uh, we'll go with Ben Simmons, though. 8,300. I absolutely love Ben Simmons in this matchup. He's my favorite point guard play on the slate. Uh, if he's playing center, only benefits him more. We'll probably have a better chance of triple-doubling. We know that the defense, Atlanta just doesn't have the guy. That, it's going to be DeAndre Hunter. The guy with knee soreness is going to be tasked with chasing him around all day. And uh, he's going to be able to just sit there and spend a lot of his time defensively on Trey Young. Should be a high turnover game is what I imagine. A lot of transition dunks, a lot of transition points. So we should see Ben Simmons probably. I'm, I'm imagining with a two steal, one black, uh, one block type of game. Extra six points right there would be a cr- extremely useful when you're just talking about his overall stat line. If he's chipping in assists and rebounds as well. 
So sign me up. Ben Simmons, 8,300. We'll go to the mid-tier. Who do you got? Yeah, and this is just one of those where I've been racking my brain between the two. You spoke about Reggie Jackson, spoke about Seth Curry. In both of those scenarios, I'll probably end up leaning towards the Seth Curry side of things because for me, it was always a combination of the minutes total that he's getting as well as his role. I mean, he's got his role absolutely set now, hasn't played less than 27 minutes throughout the playoffs so far, likely going to be closer to 30. And he's hitting anywhere between 12 to 15 shots a game, especially if Embiid is out. So for an Atlanta Hawks team, which hasn't been great at defending guards in general, have been actually one of the worst in the league on that. I think Seth Curry is a great spot to be able to go off. His lack of peripheral stats is something that you always want to keep track of. But if he's going to be kind of dealing with the kind of offensive load that I expect him to have, especially with Embiid out, I don't see him having any trouble hitting that 5,100. So great spot in the mid to be able to go ahead and grab him. Love it. That's where I was going to go. So now I will switch it up and go to the other guy that we just talked about. And that will be Marcus Morris Sr. at 50 or I'm sorry, 4,900. I just love the minutes total. Back to back 42 minutes game elimination game. This dude's going to be playing 40 plus and at 4,900. I just like the minutes total. Not the highest usage, but play makes sense. For some value, I have a feeling I know where you're going to go on this one, and I'll let you take the thunder, man. Run with it. Who are you going with? Yeah, it looks like I'm going to be three for three on grabbing him, but yeah, Bobby, to compliment Toby, is going to be my guy, Boban Marjanovic, 3,700. It's just one of those scenarios where it just looks like, one, in these elimination games, it's always the unlikeliest of heroes to be able to go ahead and be the guy to lead you over the top, and in general, it just makes sense. You know, the fantasy values there, the minutes are starting to come around, and frankly, the matchup is there for him to be able to exploit and get a couple of quick buckets, a couple of putbacks. So all of those will get him to hopefully somewhere close to that double-double, get you that little bonus DK points over there as well. But I absolutely expect to have a decent amount of Boban today, and for 3,700, smash that button. All right. I'm going to go contrarian here. I'm going to give a nice little tournament play. I wouldn't do it in cash just because I think DeAndre Hunter is more of the cash option around this price tag. I'll go with Danilo Gallinari at 4,100. I do like this matchup. I think Gallinari is going to have to be more involved in this matchup as opposed to the other one. It'll be a little bit of a slower pace than going against the Wizards as well, which will bode well for him. Uh, and 4100 is just a great price tag. So he didn't play big minutes in that last one. But if we look at the previous four games prior to that, uh, against you know, the first four games of that Knicks series, he was in the mid-20s, uh, touched 30 in one of those. I expect that to get more, more like the norm. They're going to need him in this one, especially if we see that they do do some Ben Simmons at center lineups. We might end up seeing this Hawks team go a little smaller. And if that's the case, you'd probably see John Collins maybe draw the start at center. And uh, yeah, they'll still start Capella, but we'll see some run with John Collins at center. And in those situations, we'll probably either see Hunter at the three or the four, but, or Gallinari at the three or the four in the other spot. So I'll play some Gallo as a contrarian play, 4,100. Sign me up. I'll have some ownership on him. And that is it, my friend. That rounds us out. That brings us home. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for putting up with me. Uh, it's, a, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Uh, I, I got to give Harris a lot of credit, too, because he's been doing it the past couple weeks. And kudos to you, Harris. I'm a, I'm a challenging guy. I'm a challenging <laughs> guy. But you're always on board, man. You're always there. Teed up, coming with some great plays. Always prepared. Love having you on the show, man. So thank you again for joining me. Uh, if you guys have a second and you want to give us a follow on Twitter, you can find me at Mike Patria. That is M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Harris, let the good people know where they can find you. Absolutely. Same place on Twitter. You can find me at at H-A-K underscore devil, D-E-V-I-L, where you can catch me with all of my latest 
picks on there, always engaged on Twitter. You can go ahead and get in contact with me, and I will always get back to you. So, you know, if you find Mike is a bit busy and you, know, you think something I say has a little bit of value, definitely get in touch with me. I'll see what I can offer and see what I can do to help you out. Oh, I'd now be the stamp of approval there. Uh, there's definitely some some value that Harris can add. Yeah, that's a great point. If you have if you have been shooting some messages towards me, whether it's DM or, or tweets, and you just don't see me getting to them, just tag them. Tag Harris in there. Say the same question. Tag us both, and then boy, you'll get an answer. Tag Santino in there. You'll see a lot of people do that. They just you know grab half the hoop ball team, throw them all in one tweet, and whoever answers answers, and you get a little group uh, group tank think effort where you get to the four or five responses too. So. Great point, man. I really do appreciate it. And uh, again, I can't, I can't thank everybody over here at Hoopball and our listeners enough uh, for everything that they've done to try to make my transition a little easier. Uh, I can't thank them enough. It's been, I have a great team over here, a great group of guys that I work with, uh, including yourself, Harris. You guys have been absolutely phenomenal all season long. And as we're closing down this season, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good going into the next one. I like the team that we have. I'm really excited about it. But we still got some basketball to get through before we start talking about next season. But I just want to give a quick shout out to everybody over here and say thank you. Uh, and then again, thank you all for listening and tuning into us. So we'll be back. I'll be on again tonight. I'll be talking about that Monday slate. Really looking forward to it. But that is all we have for you guys. Let's go out there. Let's crush some GPPs. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.